You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Of what comes next, Cinema Geekly's NXT companion podcast. It is Anthony and Jacqueline back talking another crazy episode of NXT. Hello, Jacqueline. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Anthony? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Good. I'm. I've got some feelings about this week's episode of NXT. I do too. A lot of actually, I have a I, a, a lot of emotions I went through watching this eh. episode. I was just not surprised by most of this episode. <laughs> no. Um, let's talk about... Let's talk about it. Uh, yes, let's this start. Is, this is a surprise for a change. No banter. We're going right into episode 469 of NXT. Uh, by the way, where, how are you watching it? Are you watching it on the network? Or are you watching it on one of the other means? Yeah. Yes, I, we watch on the network. I have watched it on Hulu just mm-hmm. to sometimes like refresh my mind, but I'm mostly yeah. just on the network. Yeah. Every now and again, when there's not going to be a big event, sometimes I'll let mm-hmm. my network subscription lapse, and right. I'll just go watch it on Hulu. And I've, I'm, we're not paying for the Hulu without ads. Ah. So even though Hulu has like only like maybe three commercial breaks that are only ninety seconds. Yeah, it's not bad. It still drives me nuts, though. I'm used to watching it with like, and there's still breaks on the network because for some reason they need to have them. I guess I don't know. I don't know why they need them on their own network, but they'll have like a, a commercial or something in between. But right for other wrestling things, yeah, yeah. For some reason, I, I endure that better than watching the same Hyundai ad I saw <laughs> twice already. Uh, but let's talk about let's talk about this episode. Uh, this is like the third week in a row we started off with a match. Uh, Dakota yes. Kai, Deanna Parazzo against Lacey Evans and Aaliyah. Bad guys mm-hmm. winning this one. Uh, yes. They kind of had a little bit of back and forth. Uh, Lacey Evans, to me, uh, in between tapings here, uh, mm-hmm. the last time I saw her was in an older set of tapings. And between then and now, she looks a lot better to me in the ring like she's she looks oh. more confident and crisp to me yes like she's definitely progressed yeah. um in that way yes not in character wise i still have no idea what no. her character is no it's too many things i've determined that i i i tried to think that Aaliyah was maybe like doing some sort of pop star ariana grande vibe but upon watching this now i just have no idea what her character is I don't so know she's she definitely is. like the rich girl right because her her outfit is like burberry plaid Bad. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, "Oh, what's happening? Like, yeah. no one, no one would, no one. If you were actually wearing Burberry head to toe, you wouldn't sweat." Yeah. So, I don't buy it. 
Aaliyah, Aaliyah is okay. Um, I like, I mean, in so much as that she's, as a performer in the ring, she is serviceable. She's Uh-oh. not noticeably bad or anything like that. Oh, no. Uh, Dakota Kai, I continue to want to like. Uh, yes. But I don't think that whatever they've done for her writing-wise or character-wise, I don't feel like they've done her many favors. No, I almost feel like they want to make her the next Bailey. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely kind of get that idea from the... I mean, she yeah. she kind of has a girl-next-door sort of look. She even comes out with, like, a jean jacket. She feels like a girl-next-door from the 90s. Right, right. But even, like, the, like the super nice person, like, I just feel like that's who, what they're going for. And it's yes. like, uh, wrestlers aren't, like, I mean, yeah, you have tropes, but, like, you gotta let different people be different things. <laughs> also, I feel like they presented Bailey better than... The, I mean, at first, Bailey was not yeah. presented very well. If you've seen Bailey from the beginning... Yeah. At, at the very beginning, her character was a big wrestling fan. She was just a nerd for all the wrestlers. She saw them. Oh my god! She'd give them hugs, and she'd be mm. like a fa- she'd fangirl over people, which didn't really work. They sort of morphed her character yeah. over time to yeah. be a character. In NXT, they morphed her character into somebody who was kind of living out her childhood fantasy, but she was like an actual wrestler. And if she needed to get tough, uh, she could, uh, right. That sort of thing. She wasn't necessarily a fangirl anymore and they sort of made it work. Right. The, but, but, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say the way they brought in Dakota, uh, mm-hmm. they brought her in with this, uh, with this deal they did with Shayna Baszler, where Shayna did that mm-hmm. arm stomp thing to her. And it, they're trying to do the bully story with Shayna, which they've been continuing to do. Yeah. Normally what you do when somebody's bullied, like Dakota was, um, I mean, there are some people like if you get bullied, you're scared of them. Right. I mean, that's, yes, that, that is real life, but Dakota is still supposed to be a wrestler. She's supposed to be a little bit tougher than that. So yeah. she's getting bullied, but she should really stick up for herself. Instead, they did this weird thing where she was kind of traumatized by Shayna and was afraid to be around her. But mm. then one week, all of a sudden, she decided to stand up to her, and then Shayna beat her and put her down. And basically, she's never really recovered from that. Hmm. And Sounds. it continued here. She got punched in the face by Lacey Evans and took the fall here. Yeah. So it just kind of sounds like there's a bunch of men writing for women. Um, <laughs> Which there is. I don't think there are any women writers in WWE, yeah. period. I don't think. That's exactly what it sounds like as well. Um, yeah. But it also sounds like they don't know what to do with these four. Like, these four women, I don't think they know what to do with. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like, you're the sexy one. You're the pretty one. You're the girl next door. Like, no. Like, just well, let them find real characters. Right. Diana's <laughs> come in. Um, she was somebody who was in NXT before, wasn't contracted, but mm-hmm. she would come in and she'd be the girl who would get beat up by the stars, like Asuka ah. and whatnot. Uh, and, uh, her story is that she was, she was trying to get into the May Young Classic last year and she got the news that she made the roster, but as an alternate. So if somebody got hurt she would step in and ultimately nobody got hurt. She never 
got subbed in and she sort of got like a chip on her shoulder and she wanted to go out on the independence and become right. better. And she actually really did. She's gotten very good. Uh, she made the Mae Young Classic this year. She's introduced, um, like her nickname now is the Virtuosa and she's the master of the Fujiwara armbar, which is a type of mm-hmm. arm submission. Uh, she's in the Mae Young Classic this year. She won her first round match. Um, she's also signed to an NXT contract, but so far she hasn't won any matches, which is strange how they're handling that as well. That's weird. So I don't know what they're doing here. Uh, I, wasn't, I don't know. This match was okay, but I was, I'm not sure what they're doing here with any of these people's directions. No, no. And it was, it was so short. Like they just keep like, I feel like they're, they're putting just these very short matches up front. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, like you're supposed to grab my attention. This did not. Yeah, um, this this is not one of those matches that should go short. Mm-hmm. Um, the the second match on the show that's a match that can go short. Yes, uh, but these are supposedly four contracted star performers that should have a little bit more of a competitive back and forth. But this uh, this didn't go that long. You're right. No, it didn't. And yeah, and. One of, I think it was Aaliyah just got real screechy and yelly during it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what is happening? It's like, part of her thing. That's part of her thing. <laughs> to annoy you. But sometimes, yeah. it, sometimes it goes beyond. It didn't do it for me here, but there are definitely times where people do things that are so annoying that it's not like I want to see you get beat up and, you know, or in this case, shut up. It's like, yeah. I'll just turn the volume down. <laughs> yeah. This, this wasn't a very gripping match. No. I didn't, I honestly didn't care who won. So, and I, I guess they're going to start some sort of rivalry, but I don't, eh. I could take it or leave it. Or maybe not even. Yeah. Same here. Take it or leave it yeah. with me with this one. Uh, Velveteen Dream was being interviewed by the press backstage until he uh, grew upset with a line of questioning. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I guess a reporter had asked him about the Alistair Black situation. Dream dismissed yep. all of these men and turned to leave. Apparently, uh, dream is not interested in asking questions that have nothing to do with the dream. So, uh, I guess this was like a minor, uh, character moment, I guess. One of these things to just keep the Velveteen dream character fresh in people's minds. He made yes. an appearance on television to remind you that he's still here, I guess. Yeah. While he's maybe, not yeah. matches. Cause otherwise right. there was nothing to this. No, exactly. But I do like him. So yeah. I was excited to see him. I was glad he was there. And also, I have the same sunglasses as him. Do you? Yeah, I have those sunglasses. I got them at Planet Hollywood at Disney Springs, formerly I'm, downtown Disney. So. I'm starting to wonder if that's where he also got... I mean, he lives, I, he lives in this area, so... I know, so I'm like, I think we shop at the same place. <laughs> uh, the Street Profits uh, were interviewed, I guess... Uh, so people say that they were interviewed on Snapchat because there's like the Snapchat thing they show at the beginning okay. uh, of these things. So somebody, I, I guess we're led to believe that they were being interviewed on Snapchat. Uh, they were coming back from the basketball court when this fan approached them. Uh, they uh, they said that their Snapchat show, th- these videos that air on NXT sometimes, Street Talk, they said it's been renewed for another season. Uh, they talk, uh, 
they uh, they in turn talked about having their chains stolen by the Mighty, which we saw a couple weeks ago. Uh, uh-huh. Montez and Angelo went on to say that the necklaces represent their culture and their struggle, and they said that they are also a symbol related to proving uh, these are symbols that prove to their their parents uh, that they can succeed. So they weren't just gold chains, Jacqueline. These I were know. these were symbols of where they came from and how far they've come and the struggle yep. they've endured. Which, um, even though these guys deliver it in an entertaining and kind of funny way, it at least adds a little bit of reasoning to like why they're upset that these guys took chains. Right, right. I also didn't fully understand what was happening during this segment. <laughs> no, me neither. These are always kind of random. Yeah, because they were like, who won the basketball game? Who do you think won? I'm like, well, who'd you play against? I don't know who won. Like, I what think happened? That, I think when they play basketball, they always play against each other. Oh, that makes sense. And <laughs> if I were to guess, no offense to Angelo Dawkins, but I would presume Montez Ford would out-athleticize Angelo <laughs> Dawkins and defeat him in a game of basketball. Right. But, I mean, Street Profits, I think they're so fun. Mm-hmm. So anytime they're on screen or they're at a live show i always just enjoy myself so i give them all the screen time you want i I, even if i don't really follow what's happening i enjoy it you know uh whatever uh bianca belair uh had an interview Mm. about her match last week with nikki cross uh belair says that nikki is crazy uh but she says that uh despite nikki's craziness that she's not gonna back down and uh, she's going to show up and show out. And she reminded everybody that she remains undefeated, which is true. And I presume there will be yes. some sort of Nikki rematch at some point. Yes, I was just going to say I'm so excited for that to happen again. <laughs> uh, I'm wondering, I presume, uh, given the wild nature of their last match, I'm wondering if the next match, the winner ends up with a title shot. I know Shane is in line for a title shot, but... Mm-hmm. Um, that's like an automatic rematch deal. Um, so I'm right. wondering if this will be for the person after that. Ah, is maybe. My, is my wonderings. That would be interesting. Um, one week hmm. after seeing a really interesting uh, hmm. Forgotten Sons video package that they aired, mm-hmm. uh, we got to see the uh, the other part of the trio uh, mm-hmm. compete this week. Jackson Riker defeated Umberto Carrillo, uh, who uh, I think had a way cooler sounding name when he wrestled in Mexico under a mask, but I don't remember what the name was. I think somebody had mentioned it to me, and I'm like, oh, that sounds way cooler than Umberto (laughs) Carrillo. Uh, You could see that that guy was kind of athletic. He did a really fancy ring entrance. He looks like he's 12. Yes, I've seen this guy live. Okay. And his athleticism is phenomenal. He was going up against someone else who was like equally matched with him and the way they could do like the flips and the turns and the, Mm -hmm. like the beautiful movements. And it was just like probably one of the most entertaining matches I've ever seen, but I don't know the other guy's name and I feel really bad saying that. Well, but that guy was not Jackson Riker, who was not, who was not superbly athletic, fluid or quick. Uh, No, he is not stylistic at all. no, he he sort of pummeled this man. I know, uh, I felt bad for him. He mauled him a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Hit him with a slingshot power bomb, which I'll be honest, I don't know. Other than the fact that it looks kind of neat that you take the guy and you bounce him off the rope and turn around and, and power bomb him, 
I'm not really no. sure what the slingshotting does to mm. increase the effectiveness of the power bomb. Probably not much. I feel like the power bomb is pretty effective on its own. Yes. Um, yeah, maybe he disorientates this fellow before he power bombs him, but <laughs> really, I'm not sure how much effectiveness that really adds. Um, right. so, uh, Jackson Riker beat him easily. And, mm. uh, I mean, the video about them last week made them very interesting, but I'm yes. still not really sold on these fellows in the ring. Yes. And also, um, so just to go off of how about the Forgotten Sons being, um, veterans and everything. They did talk about that um, before this match. So I was like, huh, I guess it is all. They are going super political with these guys. Yes. Um, but uh, I don't know. These matches, they kind of just make me sad because these, <laughs> like, like poor Humberto Carrillo, like, he was just there to to be like a piece of rail meat. Do you know? <laughs> yeah, he's just there to eat the, he's there to eat the pin. I mean, I can see why some of these people end up getting uh, end up getting uh, followings right. when they make NXT TV debuts because of people like you who see like I had mm-hmm. no idea you you've seen this is the first time I've ever seen him so yeah. you've got you've got at least one up on me you've seen this guy before I've I've seen him and I think there's a lot of people who probably go to a lot of those um, the the Florida yeah. Loop NXT house shows. And they see a lot of these people, uh, I mean, that's where a lot of these more homegrown NXT people have gotten their fan bases from. It's because people have watched them kind of grow up from little itty-bitty babies on the Florida shows <laughs> to being on the TV show. Yes, and he, like, his match was super long at the the, the last time I, I saw him. Mm-hmm. Like, much long, like maybe three times the length of this one. Yeah. Um, and it was just, it was just very impressive. So when I saw him come out, I'm like, oh my gosh, I got kind of excited. And then I saw who he was going against and I was like, oh, oh man, be long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just there to eat shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. The, I mean, every now and again, uh, I mean, and this is part of it too. Um, you know, mm-hmm. maybe when he starts, uh, maybe when he starts gaining traction, he won't be Umberto Carrillo anymore. Maybe he'll get a name change and a character change. Yeah. Uh, and this That'd has be- happened with a few people. Yeah. Uh, hey, the Alistair Black investigation continues. Last Are we week, ever going to get an answer? <laughs> well, I mean, let's. I mean, we can talk about this here because I. Yeah. I have some feelings. Um, okay. Last week we talked about somebody who seemed very suspicious and Kyrie Sane. Mm-hmm. Uh, deceptively suspicious. This week again, I would say another deceptively suspicious person who more suspicious than Candice LeRae, the sweetest girl in all of wrestling, (laughs) Johnny Gargano's wife. I mean, she, she bought him an infinity gauntlet for his birthday. Like these are like the biggest dorky people in the world. I love them so much. Yes. Why would he even interview Candice about this? You know what it really was? I think, um, he, because Candace is like, look, it's not a mystery to me. It's Tommaso Ciampa. Mr. Right. Regal says there's no evidence. Regal asked the question that I think he really wanted Candace there for. Mm-hmm. Where was, was Johnny? Yep. And Candace could not provide a solid alibi for him. She said um, oh. she was waiting for Johnny in the locker room until he was done in the shower. And then they left together. Mm-hmm. And... Really? 
this whole thing started, the whole Alistair Black thing started um, with uh, the investigation started with Regal coming to talk to uh, some people in the ring, one of whom was Johnny Gargano. And before Johnny had a chance to even say anything for himself, they were interrupted. So Johnny's never even said anything about it. Mm -hmm. I think that they're, I mean, it's possible that he did it. Mm -hmm. Because the motivation would be there. Like, he just wants Ciampa. Right. He wants Aleister Black out of the way so he can get Ciampa. uh, One-on-one. So there is the motivation there for it. But it's also possible they just want you to think it's him. And by doing this, they're certainly assisting both. Yes. it, It could easily be him, or it could also just be a red herring and it's not him and they're just making you think it. But what do you think, uh... Because it's certainly not Candice LeRae, although no. uh, that would be a surprise twist. It would. And I'm really hoping that they throw us a surprise twist. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it would be, if, if it wound up being Johnny Gargano, I think it would be a cool heel turn for him. Because mm-hmm. he's clearly just going to go to the dark side, right? Like, that's like 100%. <laughs> I mean, you're in that camp. I'm still really 50-50 on it. Part of it is just because I think Johnny Gargano is such a good, good guy. Right. That, um, like, he's good at playing the part. But, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of his bad guy stuff from the independents, but I've talked to some people who have seen it, and they Uh say he's, like, just as good as a bad guy. Well, so, right. And part of it is that, like, people, a lot of wrestling fans don't like the good guy. Like, they just don't. Like, yeah, and that's they a... root for bad guys a lot. Yes. And so for people to root for Johnny Gargano means he if he's a good, good guy, he's got to be a good, a good, bad guy. Yeah. So I uh, feel like he could, yeah, his acting skills are probably above others. Most, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in wrestling. I yeah. mean, if he's like a super, I mean, I think it helps that he's just a, he's really good at wrestling. Yes. Um, His matches are always very good. And... Like a in character, but even also out of character, which mm-hmm. is which is so much a part of it now. He's just mm-hmm. so rela- like how many people can relate to, you know, anybody who's like us that kind of likes nerdy things like comics and movies and <laughs> video games and like they all like stuff like that. It's so relatable. Wrestlers in the eighties and the nineties were like grizzled, hardened, hard drinking doing all the drugs, promiscuous. Uh, It was like total 80s typical lifestyle stuff. And now all of the wrestlers, there's, you know, I mean, they'll still go out, they'll still have drinks, but most of them like to hang out and play video games. And, you know, like I'll, uh, I think it was like a few months ago, I watched a video with like, uh, it was like Xavier Woods and Sasha Banks and like three or four other people. And it was just a video of them reacting to the Avengers Infinity War trailer. And they're (laughs) freaking out and going crazy. Uh, You know, they're like us. So it's easy to get invested in them, especially when you're like, I feel like these people are, maybe I don't know them, but I know the, you know. I know who they're like. yeah. Yeah, I know who they're like. Um, um, just one more thing on, on going back to the Alistair Black thing, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and I see where you're coming from because a lot of, because, and wrestling has become such a part of nerd culture that, yeah. I mean, the wrestlers themselves are buying into it, which I think is very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Alistair Black, um, 
I think it'd be a great twist if Johnny Gargano did it. I just, I mm-hmm. can't help but thinking, and I hate to say it as a five foot two person myself, it's got to be someone taller, right? Like, <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I, I just, mean, perhaps. I mean, they could go, they could go the Lacey route, and just it was undisputed era. Uh, yeah, no. but I don't think I, that that's what they're gonna do. Right. I would love for it to be like Velveteen Dream. Yeah. Uh, or maybe it could be a way to introduce a new character altogether to television. Oh, that's true. The the guy with the suit. Is there a guy yes. with a suit? He was in the audience during TakeOver. Who was the guy with the suit? Are we talking about Matt Riddle? That's it. I don't think it'll be him because he's doing a... Well, first, because I think they're definitely introducing him as a good guy. Uh, ah, okay. But secondly, I think he's definitely doing a thing with Cassius Ono. Oh, that's right. Uh also, I don't know. I don't. I I don't know if you've seen this, but he actually made his uh, official NXT wrestling debut on one of the Florida house shows. Uh, I think mm. over the weekend, and one of the things uh, that people were most interested in were: will they let him? Because uh, he was a mixed martial artist, he was a UFC guy, uh, right? For for a bit, and people were wondering: will they let him continue to work barefoot? Because he wrestled on the indies barefoot and Hmm. obviously that's how you do it in MMA as well. Uh, and WWE for a while, I think Rusev used to work without boots and he got Mm -hmm. like a broken toe or something or something bad happened to his foot. And the next time he wrestled, he was wearing boots. Uh, Asuka in Japan, she would wear kick pads, but she would not wear boots or shoes. She would be barefoot with kick pads on. And when she debuted hmm. in NXT, she had wrestling shoes on with her kick pad. So people just thought wrestling barefoot must be banned. Uh, but hmm. um, Matt Riddle showed up to his debut in total Matt Riddle fashion. Number one, wearing uh, his wife is an independent wrestler. And he wore, he wore her trunks. Uh, and he came out with neon green flip flops. And hmm. he kicks them off in the ring. And then he worked uh, barefoot. So. Awesome. Uh, he he sounds super weird, but I swear he may grow. He may end up growing on you. He grew on me after a while as well. Uh, well, and that. also the one of the Brazilian guys from last week also was wrestling barefoot. I forgot. Oh, which the Jaud guy. Yeah. Yeah, the guy who wears the gi, the karate gi, yes. or whatever. Yeah. So he, uh, I mean, he has his feet wrapped, but he's not wearing shoes. So I didn't notice that. Good eye. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, they showed. Uh, Another reminder that somebody is here video. In this case, the reminder is uh, Keith Lee is here, and he's still kind of new to NXT. Uh, mm-hmm. He's only had a handful of appearances on television thus far, but he's won all of them. Uh, and basically, it was covering all of his nicknames, which are limitless, and his catchphrase of Bask in My Glory, which sounds like a heel thing to say, but he's mm-hmm. not a bad guy. Uh, he's a good guy. Yes. Have you seen Keith Lee on the house shows that you went to? I don't think so. You would I remember him. So. Then probably not. Because he is, I mean, if you, as you saw in the video, he's a big black guy. And he is incredibly athletic. You would look oh, at yeah. the, He's He's about Lars Sullivan sized, except I've seen him do like no handed flip dives over the top rope and land on his feet. And he does drop kicks and leapfrogs. And he's a very, very athletic man. And 
like ridiculously deceptive. You wouldn't That's think awesome. you wouldn't think to look at him that he's very athletic, but uh, and hmm. so far he's only had a couple of matches on TV, and they've all been of the variety of uh, you know Jackson Riker and Umberto Carrillo, where he there's a there's some schmuck and he beats the tar out of him and hits his move and wins. Uh, but eventually he will get into something with somebody and, uh, I think he'll end up being pretty big in NXT once, uh, he gets a chance to expand out a little bit and show everybody what he can do. Uh, main event time. Yes. North American champion Ricochet versus United Kingdom champion Pete Dunne. Uh, this was the opposite of the other matches on the show in that these guys got a long time. Yeah, Uh, it was like half an hour, something crazy. And (laughs) this is so rare for me to do this because much like like Marvel movies or Star Trek, like I love NXT and it is so rare that I'll watch something in NXT and be like, ugh, that did not work for me at all. And this match is one of those things and not, not to the fault of these two men, because these guys had a really good match. I thought. Yes. They very got athletic. Yeah. They got a ton of time. They mm-hmm. did. They basically did like a platter of wrestling styles. There was ground mm-hmm. wrestling at the beginning. There was Pete Dunn's joint manipulation stuff. There was Ricochet's flying and Pete Dunn joined him in doing some of the flying. They did some brawling. Like they kind of did a little bit of everything. Yes. And they had the time to do it. Uh, they went back and forth. A lot of really great near falls, false finishes, whatever people want to call them. Uh, moments where you thought the match was going to end, but it didn't end. Stuff like that. Lots of great moments. Moro Ronaldo was doing a tremendous job on commentary, freaking out appropriately over how great, great this was. He is a lot of fun. There's some people, I love him. There's some people who, I guess, don't like him. That's, they're wrong. I know. I, some people think that he maybe makes too many pop culture references, which I sometimes he does, sure, I guess. But yeah. you can listen to this guy, and you can tell that he is as much a fan of this as you are watching. He is as entertained by it because you yes. can I don't, I don't know if you've ever seen the it's actually kind of a famous youtube video now um mm-hmm. people were doing um i think it was showtime was doing a documentary about him uh because okay. he deals with bipolar disorder right right and he uh, he goes so he doesn't announce for sometimes because he's dealing with that right uh there 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 have been times where he had severe bouts where he stepped away mm-hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. but he's kind of done, he's dealt with it his whole career and he's very, um, he's doing a very, you know, uh, positive, uh, Mm -hmm. outreach thing with mental illness. And he's very much against the stigma attached to it, especially stuff with bipolar disorder, but, uh, many other things. Uh, so they were shooting a documentary about this and part of it was, um, how he now has this dream job working for WWE because this is one of the things he's always wanted to do. Um, uh, he calls like MMA and boxing uh, still right. to this day. Uh, and But working for WWE was kind of always his dream job. So now that he's doing it, they're filming stuff. And they have this YouTube video, I think it was on WWE's YouTube channel, where they've got 
they've got, I don't know if they got like a GoPro or something, but it's sitting on the announcer's desk at one of the, I think it was the TakeOver New Orleans, the one before WrestleMania. Okay. And it's just a highlight clip of Moro, mm-hmm. and it's basically, you can hear the audio from the crowd, but it's very muted. It, they very much just sourced his microphone, and it's just oh, like oh. a clip of Moro's <laughs> calls from the show. And he's freaking out and screaming and jumping out of his chair. He's (laughs) he's great. Like, he's such a nerd. (laughs) I need to send this to you because if you watch it, if you watch it out of context, too, if you have no idea what it is, it's It's so bizarre to watch it. (laughs) Even as a wrestling fan, it's kind of bizarre because you, you, you can't see any of the wrestling and the crowd audio is very muted. So you can't. You can't barely hear anything. So all you can hear is Moro screaming at the top of his lungs. And you can see, like, his passion and stuff. So, yeah, he was tremendous in this match. Both of these guys were excellent. It was a great match. Um, And then, weirdly, uh, okay, so this is the finish. Ricochet goes for a 450. Uh, Pete Dunne catches him in a triangle uh, armbar. Ricochet escapes. Right. Uh, There's a few more counters. Uh, both of them exchange some strikes and then they kind of just both end up on the ground. They've, they're exhausted from pummeling each other. They Mm -hmm. can't seem to put each other away and then undisputed error run in and then attack both guys. And the match is thrown out as a no contest. War Raiders come out to make the save and chase away undisputed era and Ricochet and Dunn stare at each other in the ring to close the show. Yes. I hated this finish. Okay, so before, it, go ahead. so before this match started, I watched this, I watched NXT with my fiance, I just looked at him and I'm like, so Undisputed Era is going to come out and interfere and no, one went to, no one's going to win, right? And he's mm-hmm. just like, probably. Like, you knew it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, here's the, here's the reason, here's the reason I did not like this. Um, yes. Not because, um, not because they ran in and ruined the, ruined the good match or even mm-hmm. because that was predictable. This upset me because this did something for me and NXT does not normally do, which to me, this is bad writing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense in the story. Uh, so last week uh, there was that, that segment where undisputed mm-hmm. era were trash talking guys. And Adam Cole was saying that this match is just going to be the Adam Cole invitational because the winner is right. going to eventually lose to me. Right. He had whoever won this match mm-hmm. would have two belts, and then eventually they'd lose to Adam Cole, and Adam Cole would have two belts, is the way right. he saw this. Yes. But doing this run in here and stopping this match prevented anybody from winning. Right. So- Therefore, Adam Cole will probably get his match with Ricochet for the North American Championship, but he's now lost his chance to get two belts. Right. The fact that. I mean, I don't know where they. I don't. I don't know if they do uh, a three-way or a tag match or something. But either way, Adam Cole has probably screwed himself out of a one-on-one match for two belts, and has probably found himself in a situation where he's going to have to face both of these guys oh. either at once or in separate matches. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know heels are supposed to be dumb sometimes. Like they're not yeah. supposed to be. They're supposed to be outsmarted by the good guys. But normally they don't outwit themselves by putting themselves into situations like this. They're supposed he to was, weasel out of them. 
<laughs> he think... was just getting impatient. He was like, <laughs> you guys aren't doing anything great. I'm going to come in and show you how good I am and just beat the crap out of both of you with my guys, with yeah, my crony. You, you were taking too long to win. Yeah. Uh, I <laughs> mean... <laughs> Look, that that works. Enjoy this. That works better than what the that works better than what it will be. I mean, th- there's a couple <laughs> there's a couple of reasons why this annoyed me, and that that was one of them. I also just hate the idea of a long good match that ends with no winner. I don't like that, yes. and I don't like that. Last week we also had a main event that had no ending. Mm-hmm. That's two weeks in a row. Uh, I'm not a fan of that. Uh, so yeah, this was disappointing i mean okay so i i see where they're coming from you've got ricochet you've got pete dunn Mm -hmm. and you've built to this match now i know there's definitely a a more common sense approach to this which is just don't do this match if you don't want either guy to lose Uh, right i think they could have found another creative way to end the match that made a little bit more sense some i saw some people suggest uh, like a time limit draw where some mm. matches have time limits attached to them and these guys couldn't beat each other within the time allotted. That's fair. So it would still be a draw like this ended up being essentially there was no winner or loser, uh, but it would just be a case of uh, both guys were so good that they could not defeat each other. They were, right. e- they were on equal standing. Um, this, this ending sort of accomplishes the same thing to a degree, but it doesn't make that much sense to me in the story. So I wasn't a fan. Well, and I think the only sense it makes in the story is that you need a bad guy. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can certainly hate these guys for coming in and ruining the good match. Um, It just kind of doesn't make a lot of sense as to why they would ruin it, especially if Adam Cole has something that he could possibly gain from an ending. My hope is that storyline wise, they're building up to something bigger. Right. I know that's a lot to hope for, but yeah. Um, I mean, look if we'll they see. can if they can make some sense of this in a way that works, cool. Right. Um, right. I do have faith in NXT. They, they have at times booked themselves into at, up against a wall where I'm like, this doesn't make any sense, and they've ended up making some sense of it. So. Okay. It can happen. So we shall see. Uh, what would you give this week's episode? Oh, man. Um, ah. We're at a five? Yeah. Uh, let's say it's probably maybe a four. Because I did the, the last match besides the ending was so mm. good. And that was really the only match. So. Because okay. <laughs> the we're, other two I don't count. <laughs> we, are, we are on. Wow, this is the first time we're on, like, different planes. I gave it two and three quarters. Okay. Uh, I Most of the show was pretty boring. Yep. And, I mean, the main event... I mean, basically all of the two and three quarters comes from the main event being really good until the end. Yes. It delivered until... The end. <laughs> the end. Which is, like, which it... is unfortunately, <laughs> in wrestling, the most important part. Right. <laughs> But it was so good and so entertaining just watching those two guys because they both are just they both really know what they're doing. Oh, they and so. they have I, I don't know if I don't know how often they've worked together before this, but they have a lot of good chemistry together. And Pete Dunn is they do. Pete Dunn is sometimes highly underrated, but I think a lot of people are starting to recognize that 
even if you don't quite get the grasp the character or whatever, it's kind of, there's really kind of no denying that he's very talented when it comes yes. to performing in the ring. And isn't he super young too? He's like he's 22 like, or 23. Like, I think he's like 23 or 24. Yeah. Okay. So, but he's young. So he's, he's got arguably a really long career ahead of him. So, yeah. Uh, and there's a couple of younger guys too. Then the, in his, British strong style stable mates. Uh, mm-hmm. There's that mustache mountain team and Tyler Bate yes. is, I think he's 21 now. Yeah. But he started when he was like 19 or something. <laughs> yes. It's crazy. And he was really good when he was 19. Like he's uh, mm-hmm. he, he seems like a guy who's going to, he's going to turn out to be really good. Um, okay. So this is the second week in a row, Jacqueline, where we've gotten questions. This is so exciting. Listener questions. Uh, and I haven't even told people, cinemageekly at gmail.com if you want to send in any questions. <laughs> These are just she people listens. who knew from before that we have an email address. So That's awesome. If you're interested, cinemageekly at gmail.com, you can ask us some questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got a couple of questions. You've got a couple. What do, you, do you want me to take on mine or yours first? What do you want to do? Eh, whatever you want to do. Let's do me first this time because all, okay. quest- all the questions were for you last time, and I felt okay. I felt sad. Um, <laughs> okay, and and you can chime in on these too if you have any um, thoughts on them. Okay. Uh, uh, I've been asked what I think of the Mayon Classic so far. Uh, the as we record this tomorrow is the last will be the last day of the first round. There's going to be four mm-hmm. four weeks of the first round, so there's we're three weeks in. Um, all I really have to compare this to is the Mae Young from last year, uh, and its first round. And it had a pretty rough first round, not Hmm. a lot of interesting matches. Although I feel like the talent roster last year was deeper in the first round. Um, Hmm. so far, uh, I think the, from the stuff I've seen, it, looks like it'll be promising in the later rounds and uh of the people that have gone through so far uh the ones that have uh blown my mind the most are Casey Catanzaro who I talked about last week is like a can't miss I think she's going to be right. like a can't miss wrestler and the girl I saw last week who surprised me is also a NXT developmental product Zaya Lee have you seen her no, I have not. Okay, so she's this girl that they got when they uh, started expanding into other countries to find wrestlers from varying backgrounds in various countries. And Zaya is from China, and hmm. she was in the Mae Young last year in the first round and looked okay, but didn't have a standout performance and was beaten kind of quickly in the first round. Uh, so she's been here a year. She's only been wrestling for a year, and apparently she's almost fully learned English in a year, which is amazing because it's a hard language to learn. Yes, <laughs> and she looks like she looks like she's improved a billion percent. There are some people who, if you've been watching wrestling long enough, or maybe not even, I guess it depends on how new they are. But there are definitely some people you can watch them and be like, oh, they must be new because they look a little unsure about their movements or they're out of yep. they're out of place sometimes. Um, and that's part of the learning experience. She did not look like she'd only oh. been wrestling for a year. And that's awesome. 
she was wrestling uh, an independent girl named Karen Q, who is not uh, from China, but she's actually from Chinatown in New York. So she's um, and she has like the same heritage. I think she has Chinese heritage, but her family lives in the United States. And okay. they had the only standout match from last week, uh, mainly because like they sh- they shake hands at the beginning, but then they do like these martial arts bows to each other. And then they take like Street Fighter poses, like Mortal Kombat poses, <laughs> and the crowd just stands when they do this. Like the crowd raises to their feet, like "What is this?" And then they just start like Mortal Kombating each other, and it was <laughs> the coolest thing ever. Uh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> and then they kind of had a good match, and then Zia Lee won. Uh, mm-hmm. Those two are like the biggest standouts so far. Now I know there's going to be more. Uh, well, actually, I shouldn't say that because Tony Storm also. Uh, advanced last week, and she's excellent, but um, she's not like an NXT homegrown girl. She's a a UK wrestler, and she's awesome. Uh, And she's really good, but I think the the real standouts are probably going to... They usually save the higher profile wrestlers for the final day of the first round, so uh, we're probably going to see them. Girls like Io Shirai. I know you've seen her because she was part of the main event with the four horsewomen tag that you oh, saw. Yeah. She was one of the girls that tagged with um, Kyrie and I think Kyrie. it was Kyrie in that match. Um, yeah. yeah. And EO is really, really good too. And there's a couple of others. Uh, so I would say that it's kind of on par with last year so far, mm-hmm. but uh, it'll kind of have to be a wait and see into the, like the later rounds. Cause the later rounds is when you kind of weed out the less advanced girls and then you've got the more experienced ones competing with each other in the later rounds. And mm. uh, those will probably be very good. But I have not seen them yet because they have not aired yet. So, so far, it's okay. <laughs> have you watched any of it? Uh, I started watching, I think, the second episode. But it just, um, by the time we start watching NXT and then that comes on, I'm like, I just can't. It's like I need to. You have a, a job. Like, yeah, yeah. I gotta be up early the next day. <laughs> so I mean, you guys don't watch like Raw or SmackDown weekly, then? No. I, no. I mean, who can? I don't. You can't. You can't. Um, we follow. Like I follow some wrestlers on Twitter, mm-hmm. so that's how I get some information. But like, I mean, I don't. I don't need to watch the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, you can just go to WWE's YouTube channel. They upload clips from everything. <laughs> Yep. So basically what we do. There's that as well. Uh, okay. Somebody else said, uh, from someone who just started watching NXT last month. So there's somebody newer to this than you. Wow. Uh, are Welcome. There, are there any older or newer shows you would recommend watching? I presume from NXT. Um, as far as broadly speaking, presuming you have the network, you can't go wrong with watching really any of the takeovers. I don't mm. think they've had a bad one. Uh, even going back to before NXT really exploded in popularity or surged in popularity, whatever you want to say. Uh, mm. I don't think you, I don't think you can go wrong with any of them. Um, if I could pick one or two olders, uh, I would say there's a NXT Takeover. I think it's Our Evolution, which was the show that had. Uh, the debut of Kevin Owens. Oh. It also had uh, Finn Balor's takeover debut, where he also debuted the Demon. 
And, the demon's awesome. Yes. And uh, it also had uh, the Sami Zayn, Adrian Neville NXT Championship main event where Sami finally won the NXT Championship. It's a tremendous top-to-bottom show that I don't think you'd go wrong with watching if you wanted to get like mm-hmm. a vibe of what the early NXT takeovers were like. I'm talking about this like these are like <laughs> WrestleMania three and Hogan versus Andre. These are like a yeah. from, these are from like four years ago. They're not that old. But, <laughs> um, I'm saying like old NXT, like oh, back in my day, NXT yeah. was great. Not like now. Uh, so these aren't that old, but relativist speaking relatively, these are older right. shows. Um, another milestone one that I would suggest would be Takeover Brooklyn, which is the first time the first one. Uh, that's the first time they left Florida and it was an experiment to run it on SummerSlam weekend to see how well they would do with the NXT brand in a big WWE building. And they completely sold it out. And while it's not a blow away show top to bottom, it does have that famous Bailey Sasha Banks match, which is still my favorite women's match in at least in the United States that I've ever seen. Um, I think it's awesome. Uh, Plus it had a great story. Uh, As for like newer, they said, okay, so just started watching last month. So uh, new stuff, uh, any of the last few takeovers, I would say start with, um, I would say start with the WrestleMania NXT takeover New Orleans. Watch that one and watch the, uh, the, the couple after that. Cause those are all tremendous, and uh, they all, for the most part, feature fairly recent NXT storylines, and they'll help you be caught up with things that are currently going on on television. Yes, those are my recommendations. Uh, do you do you have any, or do you just, or, or would you like to mirror my awesome recommendations? No, no, I don't. I don't. I'm going to say you're right. So, <laughs> <laughs> why? Thank you. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. So before I ask you your questions, um, yes. you were telling me off air that when you did, yeah. uh, when you said who your favorites were uh, last week, yes. you only mentioned your favorite uh, male wrestler and you neglected yes. to note a female favorite. I did. And I felt like I did women of wrestling a disservice by not calling out my favorite female wrestler, okay. which is Naomi. Really? I did not expect I... Naomi. Okay. Right. I love her though, and I think her entrance is so cool with the black lights and the hair and the light up shoes. And I just, I love her. She's so athletic. She's the way she like flips and turns. She does all the cool stuff. She does splits. Mm-hmm. And um, I loved at the Women's Royal Rumble this year when she got thrown out and she's like, like strong, like, like um, her feet didn't touch the floor. She's like pulling herself back to the ring. Yes. I just thought she was phenomenal. And I was like, that's like, I love her. Like I want good things for her. She's so. a she's a bunch it's of fun. Funny. Yeah, she is. Uh, she, and she and she has the talent to back it up. So yeah, I like uh, and she. I mean, she's had more prominent roles. She kind of falls in and out of prominence. Yes, and I mean, this is a problem with. I mean, we're not going to talk too much about main roster writing and yeah. stuff on here, but this is a common problem with especially women. Uh, mm-hmm. where there's kind of really only room for each show to only have one major women's storyline at a time. And so, so women sort of come in out of focus a lot on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've seen her like go up and go down, not just with her 
uh, presence, but I've also seen her. Sometimes she's really good. Sometimes she's not so good. Like sometimes she's off TV for a while and she comes back and it looks like she's been off TV for a while and she doesn't right. perform quite as well. Sometimes she's incredible. Um, she's got like her entrance is awesome. She's got a great presence. She does. And I but, love her. So I, I just felt like I had to mention that. <laughs> I won't, I won't argue on that one at all. Thanks. Um, Thanks. I don't even know who my favorites are anymore. <laughs> Most of my <laughs> most of my super favorites are not in like most of my big favorites are not in NXT. Right. Uh, so if I want to try to if I want to try to circle it down into just um, NXT related people, uh, I th- I'm trying to think who would be the I mean Gargano. I mean pretty much like Gargano. It, it's like a four-way tie for me with the guys between Gargano, Ciampa, Ricochet, and Adam Cole to watch. That's fair. I love watching all of those guys do things. I don't know if I would say they're my... I mean, I guess because somebody's like, how could you say Tommaso Ciampa is your favorite? Like, I, I like to not like him. <laughs> I would say that. Like, I don't actively root for him to win. I would like to see him fail and fail hard, but that's only because I'm invested in not liking his character. I think he's very good at what he does. <laughs> Yes. Um, as far as like ladies go, uh, I'm trying to think of who I'm like a big fan of. And I'm Bianca Belair, obviously I, I know she's I'm, phenomenal. Yeah, she's excellent. I know I mentioned Casey, but Casey hasn't been on NXT television yet. And she's a little too early for me to be, I just see like a ton of promise. Yes. Uh, I'm trying to think like who else really, uh, stands out. I'm obviously I, I like Kyrie quite a bit. I think I might like Bianca more than I like Kyrie though, as a, performer That's fair. but there's a lot i mean look if we were to expand this out to regular wwe there's a lot of people i used to like but i don't right. follow them very much anymore shinsuke nakamura finn aj uh, sammy a lot of the girls sasha bailey the mm-hmm. iconics there's a lot of those characters that i followed for a long time and love them in nxt and I stuck around for a little while to see them not shine so well on Raw or SmackDown, <laughs> and I sort of I sort of tuned out since then. Right. Anyway, questions for you. Yes, Jacqueline, do you have a favorite NXT match that you have seen? Um. So yes, I really liked the ladder match for the North American title. That's an um, excellent match. It was. And I th- was that I think that was that Ricochet's like one of his first one, wasn't that, it? That was his. I mean, he okay. So he had, as far as I know, he had wrestled on some of the house shows, and he had wrestled on right. some of the television tapings. But his matches did not air. This was his air. first on-air was, appearance. Yes, and I was just like, oh my gosh, he's doing all the things that are the coolest things. And um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I just thought it was, and I just thought it was such a great match. It really held the attention. I don't even remember how many guys were in it. I want to say it was like eight. I think it was um, like it, it was between six and eight. Yeah. Yeah, because they had the they had like three or four ladders, and they were all taken. I don't mm-hmm. know, but it was very entertaining. And I thought the way that they they almost it's almost like a dance the way they moved in and out. And I thought they did a very good job. That, yeah, so this I was is very not, entertained by that. I mean, look, no matter what you say, I'm not going to say it's a bad pick because what you like is mm-hmm. what you like. But right. I would just like to emphatically state that this is an excellent pick for a variety of reasons. <laughs> like, cause you, cause you like it from your perspective and I like yeah. it from my completely like different perspective that I have. 
Right. I mean, it was all those things you said it was, but I'm like also looking at it from like the artistry of how hard it is to do a match like this with so many bodies. Yes. There's, it's not just the bodies, but you've got all the plundery stuff, the tables and the ladders and, Mm -hmm. uh, and then you're accommodating not, you don't have just ricochet like guys in there. You've got no. medium-sized guys. You've got guys like Adam Cole, who is a very good wrestler, but he's his his wrestling is more character-oriented and less athletic, athletically right. based. You've got two giant guys like Killian Dane and Lars Sullivan, who you would not think would be in a high-flying match. So you've got to think of stuff for those guys to do. And you've got yes. Velveteen Dream in there and EC3 and such a mixture of different things. And they all found something for them all. They all had moments they did. And it's, they were all good moments. It wasn't yes. like, no one was a throwaway person in that yes. match. It's it's like, um, I hate to keep bringing it in, up Infinity War, but, but I'm going to bring up Infinity War, especially because Moro Arnalo referenced it. He referred to Lars Sullivan in that match as Thanos, the Mad Titan. Right. Probably because <laughs> if you dumped like purple paint on him, he'd look like Thanos. But He would, yeah. That, that aside, um, it's like a giant ensemble movie and you want your ensemble cast to all have their moment and to do that without a net in front of a live audience of that size (laughs) with some of the stuff that they did in that match and for it to all go perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a bad pick at all. I mean, that's no, I mean, that's in like my top five NXT matches that I've ever seen. So yeah, it was, it was quite the undertaking. Um, and, and they pulled it off. I've also seen, now, this is going back a few years. I have seen a match. I want to say it's between Cesaro and Sami Zayn. Mm, they had a few good ones in NXT. Yeah. yeah. I don't rem- So I don't know which one exactly, but I'm like, man, Cesaro's like awesome. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. He's one of those guys that kind of flies under the radar a bit. Yeah. but um, Like when given chances to shine on television, like even on Raw and stuff like that. Like, he really steps up to the plate, and then it seems like every now and again he'll have, like, a singles match with somebody, and people will be like, oh, my God, this guy's tremendous. Why aren't they doing more with him? And then he sort of just falls back a little bit. I wonder, I think some of it is because he's one of those guys that has, like, physical charisma, and his in-ring stuff is, like, very entertaining, and he's not an amazing talker. No, he's not, but he's super talented. Like, he... He's one of those guys, you almost watch him and you're like, oh, like you trust he's going to just throw you the right way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. Um, those match, but yeah, their matches, I thought, were also quite entertaining. I would highly recommend any of those. Um, my, I think my top three, uh, mm-hmm. my, my top three matches are Sami Zayn and Neville from that takeover that I recommended, where Sami mm-hmm. wins the belt. Uh, number two for me right now is Sasha and Bailey from TakeOver Brooklyn 1. And my number one is uh, Gargano and Ciampa at TakeOver New Orleans, where the the match where Johnny won, and he uh, yes. he regained entry into NXT after having been yes. booted. Uh, those are, that was a good match. Those are my top three. But that ladder match is like either number four or five. It's up there with, uh, it's so good. It, it ran. Rounds it out for sure. Yeah, basically, basically for me, anything in that top five are like all equally great. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> those are all awesome. Uh, okay, this last thing, I love this last question. Uh, 
It's kind of like, it's kind of like three, it reads like three questions. I just love how it's worded here. <laughs> Could you elaborate any more on your era, Attitude Era fandom? This is my favorite part. How did it happen? And like, how did it happen? How did your fandom happen? Uh, how did my and, fandom happen? And uh, do you have any lasting memories? Okay, so my guess is how did it happen means how did I get into it? And, I think uh, that's what they mean, but I I love the wording so much. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, I'm gonna. I mean, it's it, you know, like anyone, I was in high school at the time, so everyone else was watching it, so I did. Were you peer pressured <laughs> yeah. into to WWF at the time? Not really, but like you know, people were talking about it. I'm like, what is this? So I had to watch it, and like, I mean. Stone Cold was everywhere. The Rock was everywhere. So, like, you you were immersed in it. Because I feel like these wrestlers made, like, the mainstream pop culture. Boys, that, every, like, boys everywhere were yelling, suck it, randomly in the hallways. Yes. Yeah. Like, you had no choice but to be like, what are you doing? And, like, so. Yeah, it was. I, I sought it out. <laughs> it was the. Essentially, I wrestling fans hate this. But it's yeah. the truth. It was. You know, it was Tamagotchi. It was a uh, slap yeah. band bracelet uh, bracelets. It's it was a fad. It was a fad. I, um, for wrestling fans, they hate to hear it. And as a wrestling fan, because look, like I was in the opposite shoes of you. I was already right. a wrestling fan. And then like when this happened, it happened in my high school, too. And for like a year, I felt like a cool kid in high school. Yeah. Because like, it wasn't <laughs> just the nerds or the nerdy people who liked wrestling, like all the cool kids. It was everyone. Like the girls who would never, you know, give me like the time of day would come to school wearing like, uh, you know, DX shirts and stuff. And I'm like, what is happening? You're like a cheerleader. Aren't you stereotypically yes. supposed to not care about this sort of stuff? But everybody was into, everybody was into it. Yes. And I felt like a cool kid for a little bit, but it was totally a fad. It was like a Jerry's, it was like riding on the same coattails that like Jerry Springer was. If you remember, that was really popular yep. for like a spell. I remember spell. all of that. And like the early, <laughs> uh, the early days of South Park before it was more about yep. making social commentaries. It was more about shock cartoon entertainment. Yes. Uh, so it was all around that same time. And so like, I really like, yeah. so I got into it because... It was there. It was just um, yeah, everyone was into it, and it you're just everywhere. gonna you're just gonna check it out. Yeah, yeah. So I did, and I and I checked it out. I remember, um, you know, we would there. So I lived on. I mean, I'm super super suburban. I lived. I grew up on a cul-de-sac. Um, awesome. And so yeah. <laughs> so you know, there would be a bunch of the kids from the block. We'd all for the pay-per-views. We'd actually it was actually pay-per-view at the time. So we'd oh, yeah. all go to someone's house. You know, our parents would get it for us, and we'd all watch it. Um, so yeah, so that's that's kind of um, what happened. Um, you know, I had my favorite wrestlers at that point. Yep. I love the New Age Outlaws. I don't know why. That was that's yeah. who I gravitated to. That was a thing. That I mean, you're not alone. There were a I lot know. of people in my school too that like they gravitated to Road Dog and Billy Gunn for some reason. I I don't know. I cannot explain it. But like when Road Dog came back for like the 40th anniversary of Raw, I was like, oh my goodness! I remember I'm this. So yeah, <laughs> he says things with his music, and then he tells people yeah. to suck it. He tells and... you to be quiet, and I love it. <laughs> um. But um, in terms of lasting, I don't think I have any lasting memories per se. Like I just really matches like, or angles or things that you remember happening. 
I will tell you what I so the Hardy Boys did they used to they came out with Lita right they did yes so I remember just thinking how cool Lita was Mm -hmm. because she had like the mesh like shirt she would wear with like the colorful sports bras underneath with the wide leg pants and I was just like like she like I just I I just I was like drawn to her because I was like she's the epitome of cool yeah she was not (laughs) a lot of the other girls were bikini tops and models yeah and she was like punk rock yeah and she i remember wore, like, thinking baggy pants and mesh shirts and her hair was different colors and she'd do moonsaults yep. and hurricanranas and yes and she had the chains around. like yep. the like the wallet chain and i just remember thinking how cool she was and she would she would do the flips just like the guys did and i yep. was just like man and that's that's I guess what made a lasting impression from that time period. I mean, you're not alone there. <laughs> you're not alone. I mean, basically the whole crop there's almost everybody who's like a, a major women's wrestler right now was influenced yeah. by Lita or Trish Stratus, Makes which sense. is not surprising because they were both amazing and they came from very different backgrounds. Cause like Trish was like the girl who was the fitness model. Right. And she could not wrestle at first, but she decided that she wanted to. And not only that, but she wanted to be good. Mm-hmm. Like, not passable, but really good. And she worked hard for, like, years. And then she became really good. And I think that inspired a lot of people. Like, so many people that are wrestling right, right now were inspired just by those two. That's yeah. So and, so, and I I just always thought that that was amazing. So I guess that kind of expands on it a little bit. Yeah. I hope that answers your question, whoever asked that. <laughs> I have I have rose-colored... I used to have rose-colored glasses about that time. Uh, because it was, yeah. like, wrestling's most popular era. Yes. And, um, you know, that's, like, the time where I felt it was okay to be a wrestling fan and tell other people that I was. Yes. Uh, and it was super sad when it went away, because I'm over there in the corner with, like, you know, four of my other friends, and we're like, it's still cool. Come back. <laughs> And nobody did. Nobody came back. Um, Yeah, once The Rock left, so did a lot of fans. I mean, okay, so there there are things that, to a degree, are still what I consider to be timeless things you can say about that era. Um, The Rock and Steve Austin and DX were mostly the best parts about it. And Vince McMahon is a bad guy, who was like one of the best bad guys who's ever been in wrestling, ever. Yep. a lot of those were great performances. If you break them down week by week, there are definitely things, even things like the rock said that would not, let's just say they don't hold up well in 2018. And right. That goes for a lot of what happened during that time period. A lot of the stuff that I thought was like the coolest stuff ever as a 13 or 14 year old boy, like the wrestler who's a porn star who gets to sleep with half naked chicks and is also a kick-ass wrestler. I thought was like the coolest thing ever. I watch it now and I'm like, this is like one of the sleaziest things (laughs) ever. And it's a lot of it is so gross. And a lot of the women's wrestling from that era is. Yeah. I, I not even, not even. Yeah. I was going to (laughs) say I was, I was trying to be nice and say borderline degrading, but let's be honest, there was some stuff that went well beyond borderline degrading. Yes, uh, and a lot of it was just it. straight out. A lot of it was just male teenage fantasy stuff. Pillow yes. fights and bikini contests and right. and things like that. Stuff that when I was a 14-year-old boy thought was like the coolest thing ever, but 
Oh my god! Like watching it now, it's embarrassing. Some of so much of it is embarrassing. A lot of it is not it is. good, and in some cases, guys guys were so much less safe back then. So many guys mm-hmm. that just got hit in the head with so many things, yes. and uh, I mean, some of it holds up. I don't want to say it's all garbage, but so much of it. Like, I feel like for a lot of people who are still, like, fond for that time, I think a lot of it is rose-colored glasses, where it's just, like, yes. it's nostalgia, and they remember what it was like. But watching it as an adult, it's, here's my advice. Oh, yeah. Here's my advice. If you're my age and you watched Attitude Era stuff, don't go back and rewatch it. Just leave the memories yeah. alone. Cause, yes, because you'll ruin it for yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It does, a lot of it does not hold hold to the test of time some of it still does but a lot of it does not and i don't have a lot of fond memories i have most of my fond memories are tied to friends like that's yeah exactly. hanging out, was... hanging out with buddies and having fun watching the shows and uh right. cracking jokes and having a good time and hangouts that's like exactly. the fondest memories but yeah uh hey more more questions if you want to toss them out you can cinemageekly at gmail.com um we'll do our best uh, to answer if you can think of any more things um to ask if not um that'll be a wrap for this week's show uh a fine thank you to the good folks over at adam tickets for sponsoring the show uh cinemageekly.com slash adam tickets or click the adam tickets link at the top of the page do some shopping over there and uh we get a little kickback it helps support the site. It's all greatly appreciated if you do that. Uh, also, uh, while you're hanging out at the website, uh, we have a slowly building archive of the show that you can check out. If you've missed the last two weeks, they're available for you to listen to. Um, we're, the show is also on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, uh, Stitcher. Just search for What Comes NXT. Hit subscribe. Jacqueline and I will be back next week to talk about an NXT show that I feel will go down in the history books. I, I feel this main event for next week, Jacqueline, could be your match of the year for 2018. We'll see. It's NXT champion Tommaso Ciampa facing his toughest challenge to date when he takes on one half of heavy machinery, Otis Dozovic, on uh, the next episode of NXT. NXT. <laughs>